everyone, Rebecca here. I just wanted to let you all know that the official Patreon page for How the Fuck Did You Get So Confident is now live. We're offering things like early access to episodes, video recordings of episodes, bonus content, and more. So head on over to patreon.com slash howthefuck to subscribe. Thanks for listening. Welcome to How the Fuck Did You Get So Confident? My name is Rebecca. And this is the podcast where I interview my friends and peers to figure out, well, how the fuck they got to be so confident. In this episode, I chat with confidence coach, entrepreneur, CEO, and internet personality, Serena fucking Kerrigan. We discuss talking to yourself like you would your best friend, how pivoting is essential, never speaking badly about yourself, and so much more. This is How the Fuck Did You Get So Confident? with guest Serena fucking Kerrigan. Thanks so much. So this is a podcast about confidence. And um, I had one of my listeners reach out to me and they were like, you know who you should interview is the queen of fucking confidence. And I was like, explain this to me. And um, I went on your Instagram and did like a deep dive. And I was like, oh my God, I have to have her on my podcast. Um, So... You are the queen of fucking confidence. I am. Um, so this podcast is essentially me talking to, you know, different friends and peers about how they became the confident individuals that they are today. So we do sort of like a deep dive on it. Um, so did, what, what does confidence mean to you? Um, I think that confidence means just being uh, authentically yourself and unafraid and living without fear and being unafraid of other opinions um, and just yeah. just going after whatever you want in life, taking risks, being bold and not fearing the consequences, which fully knowing well that if you're a good person, if you you know work hard, then you good things will come your way. I'm taking notes. So that's why if I'm looking down, that's why I'm doing it. Yeah. Do you so you consider you clearly consider yourself a confident person? Yeah. Right. Have you but always? I will... No, I, I I haven't always been. I was, I dealt with a lot of insecurity, like any you know girl in you know the Western world. Yeah. Um, I think that when I got to college, I just I think that growing up, I always really like um, equated my self worth to you know attention from men, which is partly you know due to my upbringing and just my relationship with my own father, and I think that I always wanted validation. And the way that I found validation through that was, you know, sex hooking up, you know, feeling wanted, feeling chosen. Yeah. And I got to a place in my life um, when I when I got to Duke, when I was an 18 years old, a freshman, that I just really didn't, like, it bothered me that I let so much of what others thought of me, you know, impact the way that I saw myself. And so I started calling myself Serena fucking Kerrigan because I didn't believe that I like I'm very outgoing and I love being the center of attention. And I didn't think that my looks would get people to pay attention to me. So I created this kind of like persona, you know, and changed my name for people to pay attention. And they did, but really what it was, and I didn't know it then, you know, a lot of my, you know, my friends, my parents, like people were just like, like they just thought it was just kind of being extra. But I think that, you know, with a lot of time, a lot of, which I am, but with a lot of time that's 
past, like I noticed that actually what I was doing is I was having a dialogue with myself. And I believe like that is the main, for anyone who wants to have confidence, like that is what you need to do. You need to talk to yourself as if you're your best friend. And when I was saying I'm Serena fucking Kerrigan, it was really my way of hyping myself up. I mean, like you're Serena fucking Kerrigan, like walk into that room, hook up with that guy. Like you're going to ace that test. Like remember who you are. And so that is what I was doing subconsciously when I was 18, um, when I changed my name. What like, what made you want to start having a dialogue with yourself? What made, like, what was, what happened? Did anything happen when you like turned 18? Was it just the transition to living on your own? Was that like the impetus for this new found thing? Yeah. I I didn't see it as I'm having a dialogue with myself. I'm, I'm like, I explained, like, it's like now that I have you know, the force, like I see that I did that with a lot of reflection, but when I was, it was just like new, new school, new home, new friends, new identity. It's a chance to reinvent yourself. And I didn't want to be the insecure girl that I was in high school. Yeah. Do you think that like moving, like, do you think that moving benefits people in cultivating confidence because you're forced? Oh, it's not moving. No, it's It's the only thing that that cultivates confidence is the relationship that you have with yourself and nurturing that relationship with yourself. You don't have to move. You don't have to do anything. It's just it's a making a choice. Do I want to look at myself as my best friend or not? That's that's huge because like sometimes I think like oh we have to do new experiences to gain confidence. Okay. Oh, okay, I'm so interested in hearing this. Okay. So you can build confidence on your own without any external stimulus or external factors um, like moving or new friends or new experience, nothing. 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 So you sit with yourself. All you need is a mirror or a puddle (sighs) on the sidewalk. It could be a reflection, a pot or a pan. All you need is a reflective surface so that way you can see yourself. And when you see yourself and you look at yourself, you're not looking at yourself, you're looking at your best friend. You're looking at the person that's been with you your whole life from you're born to when you die. There's one consistent person and that is that person's reflection. And if you start talking to that person the same way you would a loved one or a best friend or you know, just anyone that you love and nurture in your life, you start talking to a person like that. So for example, like you know, anytime I see myself in reflection, I acknowledge that person the same way if my roommate walked into the living room and I didn't say hi to her, that would be weird. Same thing. Um, my roommate's my best friend in the world. I love her to death. Are there times that like, she does something I don't like, of course, and vice versa. But does that mean I degrade her or say you're horrible? No. Right. Right. So you, you can, that is about loving yourself. If you look at yourself a, like a best friend, everything changes because we tend to be really self-critical. But if you, would you, would you say that if your best friend got ghosted, What do you say to her? Yeah, you can't get anyone. Or what do you say? Like, that guy fucking sucks. We're moving on. Like, thank God he goes to do because like now we we can find someone who's actually really obsessed with you. See what I mean? Yeah. It's all like, and I think that that's what's been helpful for like, because I'm a a coach and I, you know, coach a lot of women. And I think that reframing instead of like, I never liked the affirmations thing. It never worked for me. I thought it was really like, just like, I would never say to my best friend, like, you're worthy never say that yeah what I would say is you're fucking hot right so like reframing it in your like in your speak and in your the way that you talk to your best friend yeah the way they talk to you you touched on like coaching a lot of women have you seen any differences in confidence between men and women 
I think that women are more likely to talk about it. Um, I think that men, first of all, I think this world is designed for men, as you know. We're it is 1,000%. Yeah. And so, you know, specifically white men, you know, the way that they, this world was designed for them, period. Yep. This world was designed for them. So while men might not feel confident, sure, but I don't really give a shit because they have the whole world designed for them. So I care about the world that wasn't designed for us, which is women, you know? And I think that I coach women from ages 14 to 60 years old. And it always comes back to the same thing, which is just like societal beliefs about who we should be. And like, if we're beautiful or if, you know, what we should, should we get married? We have to get married. Like the fact that like Cinderella was my favorite movie and that movie is literally just telling you that in order to live happily ever after or in order to have agency over your life someone has to choose you yeah that was my favorite movie when I was four years old it's like I'm never letting my fucking daughter watch that movie I was gonna say and people watch I mean kids still watch it today that is so then how do you what are like okay no 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 I have so many questions for you were you a confident kid I think that I was always really like a performer and like, yeah, like I think, I think that's the thing. I think, yes, I was, because I think that everyone is born with confidence. Yeah. Everyone's born with confidence. But when you lose confidence in yourself is when you, someone either tells you something's wrong with you or you're not good enough, or you go and watch a movie and there's no, you know, black characters on the screen. Like it's, it's other, you know, societal like notions perpetuating that idea that you're not good enough but like I think that so that's why like you know women were constantly told I mean look at the weight loss industry the beauty industry those are industries that are booming forever and why because it's all predicated on the notion of women being insecure and buying and capitalism is that way we need to feel insecure because if we're not insecure we don't buy shit so that's we're just in a society that's literally designed for us to feel insecure, but we're not born like that. Right. And so that's, that's a really nice reminder for my clients who feel like something's wrong with them. And I'm like, this isn't, nothing's wrong with you. You just need to like, kind of like ignore and unlearn everything that you're being taught. Right. And you have to like, it's so hard. And you have to first acknowledge the fact first, you have to realize like, Oh, this isn't, this industry is out to, shame me to make me not feel good so that I spend money because it's a capitalistic patriarchal society. So first you just have to acknowledge that. And then you have to go and unlearn the things, which is a huge challenge. Yeah. Did you experience anything growing up that like shook your confidence? What did you like, do you remember seeing like an ad or did you go in middle school? Did you experience like any sort of bullying Mm -hmm. and how did you overcome it? I mean, I just remember like, I remember, remember it's like it's funny how you just remember those things I remember a kid in camp like when I was in middle school called me fat like in front of everyone and um I remember just like going through puberty maybe being like 12 years old and just noticing that my body was different than the other girls like I just had you know bigger bones thicker skin you know I wasn't a stick thing girl right and yeah I mean I just think like I was really lucky to have a mom who was just always giving me a lot of affirmations, but honestly, it doesn't really matter. Like you need to, you need, it needs to come from you. Right. You know, and I think that with, with age, it, it, it it starts to happen. Do you have any siblings? None. Oh, you're an only child. Right. So that was another thing too. Like, I think that like, 
maybe if I had grown up with siblings, I probably would have had a thicker skin when I was growing up because I think that like, you know, your brother calls you stupid and you're just like, fuck you, right? Like it's that kind of like constant dialogue of someone ripping you apart, but that's like, it's not, but they really love you and it doesn't really matter. Yeah, I didn't have that. I only, I didn't really, you know, I mean, it's not to say that I didn't grow up in a household where things, you know, I was criticized and like, you know, everyone has their shit, but like, I didn't have that like, so things really like, they stuck. They were really hurtful. Yeah. How did, how did being an only child affect your confidence or did it? I think that, um, I don't know. I, I think I, you become an adult at a really young age. And so, you know, and my parents are also divorced, but really good friends, but I'd, I'd really always be with like one parent on an evening, just me and that parent. And so you're kind of just forced to like grow up quickly because you're literally like, at eight years old at a dinner table talking to someone you know that's a right. lot older than you yeah and so and also just like I guess it made me more confident that like and I think a lot of only children agree to this too they're very outgoing because we're forced to like we don't like when I went on family vacations with my one parent like I would like go to the kids club and like meet other kids like you just like you're very adaptable and I was definitely if you think about comments like that I was always super outgoing and I and I know that a couple of my best friends were also only children in the same way because you're forced to make friends your friends become like your siblings yeah I talked to a few other um only children and they said very similar things about like yeah I had to like make up an imaginary friend or like I had to go up to people and introduce myself like I I didn't have like a brother or sister who was already in the school system who like you know indoctrinated me with their friends like I had to do it all myself so I wonder if like this sense of this sense of independence gives confidence yeah definitely a hundred percent and like I spent the majority of my childhood alone right? right and so I think that even this pandemic like I spent the majority of it alone and it's like it was something that I was really used to doing um you know and also like not to mention my entire family lives abroad like all my extended family my grandparents everyone and so it's it's you spend a lot of time alone and you become really just comfortable and realizing that lonely doesn't sorry lone being alone doesn't equate to loneliness those are two different things that's again like very perpetuated like if you don't have a boyfriend you're alone which means you're lonely and it's not that I don't get lonely at times, but I think that there's just this real stigma around being single that I'm trying to really knock with the work that I do. Yes. So tell me about, so you, I like Googled you and did some research. So you were working at Refinery29, is that right? And mm-hmm. then you transitioned into like this entrepreneurial starting your own business confidence coaching your um you're like the first reality show on Instagram right mm-hmm. yeah like how did that transition happen confidence <laughs> I think that I really just I mean that's what it was like I remember yeah. going back and forth and obviously there was a lot of voices in my ear like can you really do this like this was also right before the pandemic like we didn't know the pandemic was coming but it was in February of 2020 and I just kept going back and forth but I felt like my confidence was, there was a toll being taken on my own confidence because I wasn't awarded the opportunities at that company that I should have been. Mm. And I did everything I fucking could. I pleaded and begged and, and it wasn't like, I just was like, I want to be a star. Like I was like, I'll do it, whatever we need to do to do the work, to wake up early, to, you know, be on set, everything. And it just like, because of, you know, the politics and the fact that they literally had 
you know, very little money to, to spend on making content. I just was like, there's no one who's, I'm sick of like, you know, shaking someone. I felt like I, I remember I made the analogy. Like I felt like I was like, un, like in a swimming pool screaming and no one could hear me. I'm like, like, let me create and like, let me be the star that I know that I'm, I have the potential to be. And it just like, didn't, it wasn't happening. And so I was like, you know, the only person that's going to make my dreams come true is me. And so my mom was like, and also to give some like kind of background, because we're talking about comments, like my mom is an immigrant from Argentina. She was a doctor. She quit her job to come to the, she literally became a doctor in Argentina, quit, became a TV executive here in the United States. She didn't speak the language. She went to NYU film school where she met my dad, but she worked her way up. So she's had two full careers and, um, and has never dated since my dad. Uh, since I got divorced when I was like two. So I also grew up with a really strong woman, career driven, independent woman who I would always ask her like, when we going on match.com? And she's just like, no, like that. I just, I'm not interested. Like, I don't, I'm really happy. Like, and it was so, I, I remember, I don't, I don't really have a hard time believing it because I grew I lived with her, but I remember so many people I would say that to be like, what? She never remarried, she never dated. And I'm like, that's so fucking like, patriarchal and sexist like why like why does she have to date why does that mean that something's wrong or what like bullshit like she's genuinely happy she has her friends she has her family she has me and her job and reading and whatever the fuck she likes to do right you know and like she just isn't interested and I think that 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 was really really important for me to grow up with I think yeah seeing like there is a happiness that doesn't include a couple right so with the refinery 29 leaving and starting my own thing I think she was just like well what's the worst thing that can happen like you're you know a seasoned producer you're you know you do social media like you can find another job but like also life is short and like why not take the risk and she was right wow you have such a and then the cool mom. then the pandemic happened no yeah she's a shit and then the pandemic happened like a month later and like there was no like oh no like it was like yeah she was like you're gonna figure it out you're gonna pivot and I did so you, okay, so you left Refinery and you started your own brand, brand? Mm-hmm. And then the pandemic happened. Were you like, holy shit, how am I going to make money in a pandemic mm-hmm. when nobody has jobs and I just left my job? Mm-hmm. And what do you do when you have that fear that sets in? Like, do you do something short term or is it just no, reminding I- yourself you're your best friend? But like, like what do you do short term when you have those moments? I mean, I obviously called my therapist and I was like, what the fuck? Okay. So you go to therapy. Yeah. Oh okay. my God. Since I was seven years, seven years old. Okay. Like, great. Um, huge, huge performance therapy. I called my therapist and I was like, what the fuck? Like, and he was like, there's two types of people in the world. There's ones that, you know, see a crisis and just kind of like wait for it to end. And this was like beginning of quarantine. Like let's flatten the curve and we'll be good right. by summer. Like this was like, <laughs> or you look and you look at the crisis dead in the face and you pivot and you just like, you just go in. And that's just what I did. I was like, I'm not going to sit around and wait. I'm just yeah. going to fucking go. And I just started, you know, I'm a content creator. I just started making content. And then one of the ideas really stuck, which was me dating people on Instagram live. But it's just like, and I see like, and you even see like a lot of the companies, a lot of the people that didn't pivot, they were just waiting and sitting and watching. They're, they're fucked. Life is too short to wait Ooh. around for, for anything. God, you you have some real good. I mean, you already know this, but you have some real good nuggets, like pull quotes. 
Mm. Oh, <laughs> um, I know. <laughs> like, that's why they pay me the big bucks. Um, now, yeah, that's how this podcast started. I, I was like, okay, fuck. I'm a, I'm a comedian. I'm a live comedian. I perform on stage all the time. I no longer have stage. So what am I going to fucking do? I got to pivot somehow. Um, and confidence was always something that I didn't have a lot of. And so I was like, I would love to just talk to my friends and my peers and fellow comedians and just artists and content creators about how they became the confident people that they are. And it's great. It's, it's so I totally get that attitude of being like, you got to pivot when, when things happen. Um, when, what, have you gone through anything in your adult life? Cause you are clearly you've spent a lot of time thinking about how to cultivate confidence. You're standing in your own very, very firmly, but has anything happened that has shaken your confidence? Yeah. Tons of things in my life. I mean, I just like, I literally used to just like, I remember there's like videos of me from college. I'm big on recording myself when I'm sad or I'm happy, like talking to myself. I love, I love video diaries like that because I think that you really see your progress. But I remember being like, when I come back to, I would think I was a junior or sophomore. I was like, when I come back to Duke next year, I'm going to be like 30 pounds skinnier. And then someone will want to hook up with me. It's just so fucking dumb. Like how could literally who would want to hook up with someone who talks about themselves like that? Like, ew. But like, that's really what it was. I thought that, you know, the way I looked and my weight and my, you know, just like, and, and my entire self-worth was based around a guy. And just like, that's so dumb. Cause everyone I fucked up with that Duke, like you're welcome. I hooked up with you. Like you're disgusting. I would literally never go with them again just saying but um <laughs> like literally that's your claim to fame now but it's just you know I think that that's what it was so it was that that's the thing it's like when your foundation is so shaky anything will it's not like a one moment it was just like right. anything could set me off even even a girl not liking me or maybe not getting into a sorority or you know getting a bad grade on a task like anything you're wobbly you're shaky and then it's a spiral instead of like realizing that like one moment or one rejection in your life doesn't define who you are. In fact, I would say it actually leads you to the next best thing. So it's like, I've gotten rejected from a lot of jobs in between that period of like wanting to leave refinery and starting my own company. Obviously, like I looked for other jobs. I looked for hosting opportunities and and they didn't work out and best thing happened to me. And that's how I look at life now. I look at any rejection. Like if it doesn't work out, does it fucking suck? Yes. Are you allowed to cry about it? Only for one day. And then you have to just hope and no, and I and I, I've proven this every time, so I know now that it's it's just leading you to a better thing. Like you're a Google fucking map, and you're just getting rerouted. That's what it is. I love that fucking quote. You're just a Google fucking map, and you're waiting to get rerouted. That's what it is. That's your life. So you can just see things as negatives, but I I just choose to see them as positive. So then you say that the quote unquote failures that you've had in life setbacks I just don't I just don't see them as failures or setbacks or just being rerouted it's just reroutes that is so cool but that's not easy that's not an easy thing to feel like that is that's hard for people to especially anybody in entertainment which is a lot of people that I that I interview is like we get hurt we get told no all the time all All the time time. and I'm yeah exactly you you relate you you're in the same industry like and you have to be uh you have to be so firm in yourself and your beliefs and your worth your self-worth as what you what you said to not take those no's personally if that's the thing like my parents like are in the industry and they're like they really didn't want me to be an actress because 
of partially that, like, you know, but rejections are a part of life. It doesn't really matter what industry you're right. in. It doesn't matter who you are. But I think that they wanted me to have real agency over my career. And I really fought them on that for a while. Like I really wanted to be an actress. I dabbled in voice acting. And I also dabbled in comedy too. I love performing, but they were so right. And I'm so grateful because I'm a producer and I make my own content and I'm completely in control. And everyone was like, go on The Bachelor, go on The Bachelor, go on a dating show. And I was like, no, I'm gonna make my own and I'm fully in control of it. And so it's like, you know, but rejection is a part of life and people are gonna tell you no, whether it's a guy, whether it's a job, whether it's anything, but you really just have two ways to look at it. You can look at it as like, mm, like, woe is me. Like, I'm so shitty. Or wow, I'm a great person. This just wasn't the right thing. It just, see, right it, all thing. Ties back, it just all ties back to confidence. Because if a lot of people, what they do when they get rejected, it confirms their belief that they're not good enough. Right. So of course they take it personally. Because they're like, see, I told you, I'm right. not a good actress. Versus being like, I'm a great actress. That producer just didn't think I was right for the role. Okay, cool. There will be another role. Yeah, it's like that self-fulfilling prophecy thing where it's like, yeah, they, they told me the right the thing. But it's like, no. It would do it all the time. Yeah. But everything, though. Like, right. a guy rejects him, well, see, like, I'm not hot. I'm not, I knew yeah. It. Well, yeah. But, like, the, but the thing is, too, it's like, if you don't believe that you're worthy of the opportunity, like, really deep down to your core, then people feel that energy. Right. And they're unsure of you. And I do that in interviews, like whether it's like for my show or for my team, I just look at the person. I'm just like, are you going to fucking crush this? Because this is my baby. And I need people that are all in. Right. And I can tell immediately who's like, absolutely a hundred percent. Or people that are like, I'll do my best. Like, obviously I'm like, not like Hitler. Like, obviously like we're all make mistakes and like, right. I'm a great boss, but I want someone with that confidence. Like, I'm going to crush it. I'm going to do my, like, I'm going to give it my fucking all. That's what I look for. And every employer or, or partner or whatever you want to call it, like that is, they, they want that. They want that confidence. They want that person. And also the same with when you go on a date with someone, you think you want to go, someone wants to go on a date with you if you don't think that you're hot shit. Like, I don't, I don't want to date a guy who's like, oh, I'm not that great. Like someone actually said to me on Hinge or like, I don't know what the term, is it? you're out of my league. Does that mean that he's not good enough for me or I'm out of your league? Yeah. So he would say to you, you're out of my league. So he said that to me. And I was just like, wait, like saying that he was like, not good good enough for me. Right. Right. And I was just like, I don't want to date you anymore. I literally, I literally stopped talking to him because I was like, I do not want to date someone who thinks that they are not on my level. I don't want someone in my company that doesn't think they're on my level. Right. I want everyone in my life to be either on my level or better than me in some shape or form so I can learn from them. Right. Like I don't, I don't want to be around insecure people because this is the thing. Like I don't want to be, people don't want to be around insecure people because right. people that are insecure project so much. Yeah. Like when they're talking to you or giving their opinion on something, it's never actually about you. It's just about them projecting. Mm. And so I really like someone asked me, they said, what is the value you look for most in your friends? And I said, confidence. Like I had the most confident group of girlfriends at Duke and and beyond. Like we're still all best friends. And the one thing that we all have in common is we're all super fucking confident. So what's the what's the um line between confidence and cockiness, or is there not one? Yeah. Oh, of course there is. So cockiness is when you um are tearing people down. So you were say like, my shirt's amazing. Oh, like yours not so much, right? confident person's like my shirt's amazing and I love that color of your shirt it's so fucking hot right so it's like it's like you are here I know it's not visual but you are up at the top yeah. and you may see people that are down and you all you want to do is pull them Lift up, them up. Them with you 
like it, 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 that's why I did a lot, a lot of coaching and I've kind of slowed it down because it's just very time consuming, but like so much of why I did that was because I wanted to shake people and be like, dude, no, like you're amazing. Like I need you to get, um, I need you to come with me because up here it's so amazing. And it spills into every aspect of your life. Like you cannot be truly happy unless you love yourself. And the problem is, is that like, for me at least, like I did never understood, okay, how do you actually get there? Right. And then when I realized it was as simple and I, I see this because I have clients and I just see their trajectory over maybe like five weeks talking to yourself like your best friend, whether you're, you know, and, and not speaking badly about yourself. That is a big rule with me. Like if you're in my apartment, if you're in front of me, if you're on my zoom, anything, you do not speak badly about yourself. Um, and so, because you're allowed to feel something, you're allowed to say like, I don't feel so great today. I don't feel like the sexiest I've ever felt. Fine. Feelings go away. When you speak, I am, you're literally like writing into the history of your life, the history of who you are, like the story, the movie of who you are, like the script, right? Yeah. I am this. So you're creating that identity. And what happens when, when you say that, that's how people see you. Right. You are like in control of the way people see you because it's about people just see what you see. So mind blown. So yes, feelings, how you feel, they pass, they come and then they go, but that's not who you are. Right. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. So I'm interested in your video diaries that you keep. Do you keep them for yourself or do you put them out into the world? They're just for me. They're just for you. So it's like your way of journaling, would you say? Yeah. So I just, and I, I do a lot of writing, but I like, I just like seeing like how upset I get about things or like how happy I am about things. Like, it's just like, it's very quick. It's very random. There's no rhyme or reason. Sometimes if I'm too upset, maybe I won't pull out a phone, but I, I'm always so happy when I do. So I've gotten more in the habit of it yeah. just because like you, you know, I, something happened um, in December where there was an issue with this opportunity I got to be on a show. It was COVID related. Right. Sure. And I was really upset. But like, it was no one's fault, but I was just like, everything was lined up for this moment. I was so excited. And then it didn't work out. And then, you know, a couple weeks later, they're like, actually, we want you to come and do like this even bigger opportunity. And then I like, and I said in that moment before they even offered me that, I remember just like crying and being like, I know there's a reason that this is happening. And I know the reason is good, but what the fuck is it? And I let myself really cry and like call a million friends. And like, I, I felt all the feels. Next day I woke up and I got back to work. And I was like, I don't know what it is, but it's going to be good. And it was. And it was like, it, it totally made sense why that didn't work out. And I believe that for everything in my life. Like, right. I believe it just it just has to happen that way. So what is your relationship with, like, values? Like, do you have, like, a value system for yourself that you've, like, thought about? And you're like, this is important to me, this is important to me, and this is important to me. And, like, sat down and really thought about it. Is that something that you've done or do? I, I don't think I've thought about it like that, but like, I think if anyone follows me, they know what's important to me, you know? Yeah. Like, I think that I'm really big on feminism, social justice, Black Lives Matter, um, you know, like somewhat I'm a socialist, I guess. I yeah. just like, I believe that like, you know, I'm extremely privileged and I'm fully aware of that. And like, I want to use my platform in the way that I know best, which is to empower women, you know? Um, and yeah, that's kind of like, that's, those are my values. And I love entertaining people and not giving a fuck. Yeah. How did you, okay. So what do you do on a daily basis to make sure that you're, you are still in line with those values that you're still the confident person that you are? Do you do anything? Like, 
are you like, oh, I have to follow this routine. I have to wake up, work out, whatever. Like, what do you do on a daily basis to help instill these beliefs in yourself? It's so funny that you say that because like, I am a big working out person. That is something that's helped my mental health and confidence so much. Like whenever someone's like, I really don't feel good. Like, I'm like, just work out. Like, just do it for 15 minutes if you'll feel so good. I've been kind of on a slump. Like I'm still in my pajamas and it's 4.30. So you can see how far I've that looks like a That looks like a lovely blouse though. It doesn't even look like Thank pajamas. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Fully, fully pajamas. Um, so yeah, you know, but I'm also like gentle with myself. I think that like this pandemic is really hard. It's really hard socially and you know it's just it's it's okay like I I'm always go 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 and sometimes I'm like okay I don't want to fucking work out today it's right. fine like you don't have to work out today like it's the middle of winter in New York like whatever right so but I do try to do that and um just really like I have great people in my life great team members in my life and friends that really just keep me aligned and I have a really great fan base that is very loyal to me and will you know tell me you know if I I did something they didn't like, or, you know, I'm very honest with them. So, um, I yeah. have a lot of people that are kind of guiding me. Yeah. And then if you get like feedback where it's like more, that wasn't cool. Or like, we weren't thrilled with it happens that. happens all the time. Oh, yeah. does it? Yeah. I mean, I've, I've definitely done a couple things in the past year like that. I wasn't, that I realized taking it, they were like, a lot of it was like impulsive, which is something I have to work on as an Aries that I didn't get very impulsive. Oh, you're an Aries. I I'm make, Aries. I, yeah. I've been, what are you? Capricorn oh my roommate's on the cusp she's like Aquarius Capricorn but I love Capricorns but anyway she um I just I've definitely like done things that have been impulsive and I think social media is like a very tricky territory but I think it's just all about taking accountability like I don't play the I just I don't play the victim I just say yeah that was dumb lol and then you laugh about it afterwards and you don't do it again it's like what it is and that's the thing about like people are so afraid to fuck up and like to like to to put themselves out there because like what if someone says something or if they say the wrong thing right it's like you're gonna do that regardless so you're gonna mess up right you know I think like for example like even like when the whole everything was happening in June with BLM like people were so afraid to say the wrong they didn't they didn't say anything at all and I was like that's so lame like of course you're not gonna say the wrong thing that's fine because you're learning and like but we need you to speak up right because it's on white people to speak up right right so I've been really, I'm also, I don't know. I think that that is very liberating thing to know you're going to make mistakes and to know that you're going to have to sometimes say you're sorry. So liberating. Cause then you can just kind of try things out. And I'm always about pushing the line. I'm a very polarizing person sometimes. And you know, my whole middle name, like the amount of people that told me they to change it, agents, managers, teachers, coworkers, parents, friends, boyfriends, everyone told me at one point in my life, you get rid of the fucking. And I just said, no. Is that your legal is it no. like a, no oh, okay I was but like, it like basically is yeah 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 I, I think yeah but it basically is and it's just like every which way and I was like no because it's about being empowered and if that bothers someone they need to check themselves and why it impacts them so much yeah what is what is your relationship with like non-attachment I mean you spoke a little bit about it like not being attached to a certain outcome like have you always been in that space where you're like oh that wasn't meant for me and that's okay. Another opportunity will come. Or were you more attached to outcomes in the past? 
oh no, I was definitely touched out outcomes. But I think that my whole life, like it just like, you know, like I applied early to Brown University. It's like, was my dream school. I didn't get in. I went to Duke instead. And like, that was, that was the perfect school for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that there's just been a lot of things that don't work out. And when you have the, you know, the time and awareness to reflect, you're like, oh, that's why. So like, obviously I'm outcomes driven. Like I work really fucking hard and I yeah. set goals for myself, but I also know that, for example, this is a good one. I like interviewed with the New York times, which was like my end all be all publication back in June. And the article got killed because, you know, quarantine was ending. It was black lives matter. People weren't talking about fucking virtual dating anymore. Right. Fine, fair, whatever. And normally that would have devastated me. Cause I was like, I did the best interview of my life. Like I love the writer, like it was going to be so great. And then I was like, well, I guess next time I'm just getting the front page. Like, I just was like, that's just what's happening here. And, and, and that's how I looked at that situation. And then further, I ended up being in Forbes L USA today, the post in style. And it was like, see, I wonder if I'd gotten that New York times, would have I pushed as hard for the other, other publications? Probably not. So do you guys see what I mean? It's like, I just choose to look at things glass half full. Like, I'm just like, Oh, like, that's why I didn't get the times. Yeah. Holy shit. That's huge. Uh, fuck. What happens when, or do you get affected at all by like, you know, cyberbullying or like what, I don't know what the term that they use, keyboard warriors? Yeah, no, of course. I mean, yeah, like I think, you know, um, yes, also like my growth was pretty like big this year so like I went from like a couple 20,000 people to almost 100 so it's like definitely been um there was a time in January well where it was really suffocating me like I felt like everything I did like I was on eggshells right but I also know that this is just a really turbulent time and people are really bored and on their phones and angry and cold and fucking over the pandemic right and so like it's really always most likely a projection And I'm, it's not to say that I don't fuck up and do things that, you know, but it's like, I mean, it's really like, I can't even imagine going on Reddit and like talking about someone I don't know for like hours. Like, it's just like, that's just crazy to me. Like you literally go read a book, like go do anything else with your time. It's just such a like sadness of insecurity that it doesn't bother me. Why? Because I have people that will call me out. Right. I have really, really, really great friends that I'm, I don't surround myself with yes people. I surround myself with people that are like, nope. And I'm like, okay, fine. Fair. Heard you. Like you surround yourself with like real, really like real, real people. Yeah, that aren't just telling me yes because they want to make me happy, but like are actually care about my best interests, which right. sometimes mean my telling me no. Right. Wow. Okay. Um. Holy shit. This has been such a cool interview, and I'm not. It's not even done yet. Oh yeah. Um, uh. Yeah. This is so so. I mean, it's wonderful to talk to someone who's like an expert on the thing that. I'm looking to have more of. So it's so fuck and listeners do too. So it's so fucking cool. Um yeah. uh, uh so what has this new I guess you're on season you're starting season 3 or you already We've had two episodes in. Season okay, three. you're two episodes in. What has this new show taught you about yourself? I guess it's I not it's new now taught- that you're in season 3, but that's so cool. No, yeah, I mean I think it's taught me. It's almost been a year of doing it. I think it's taught me that I'm a fucking catch and that I'm really in the position to be a chooser, not the one chosen. And I think that was a big, that that's how you know you're really confident. Instead of like going on a date and being like, it went so well. It's like, did you actually like the guy? Are you laughing at his jokes so he likes you or because you actually find them funny? 
Yeah. If he says if he says something that you don't like, are you going to call him out on it, or are you just going to like smile and change the subject? So yeah. Ah, mm. oh, so much definitely, good stuff. Like definitely learned how to be empowered in dating, and that's why every woman should watch the show because I think it's really it's good. It shows you like how to stand your ground. Obviously, like it's super fun to connect and and to meet people and be flirty, but how do you really present yourself as like this is who I am? You know. And you made a card game that goes with it, no? Yeah, it's so great. You should. I, I'm going to buy it. Uh, awesome. yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. so pumped on it. Uh, so wait, explain a little bit about how the card game works. So it's basically just great questions, icebreaker questions, uh, but they go up in bases. So first base, second base, third base, home run. And oh, yeah. um, you can you can play them on a date. That was, was originally created for, but then I wanted to make it also for friends because like, how many fucking small intimate gatherings can you really do anymore? You know, I wanted to have something fun. And so it's for friends, partners, you know, spouses, singles, dates. Um, it's for really everyone except for like your parents. And we're coming out with even a new deck in April. This is so interesting to me because I've done so many Zoom. I'm sure everybody has done so many Zoom hangouts and they like get monotonous and boring. And Oh yeah, like, play the game. Yeah. People like proposed through my game, like, and like moved in together through the game. It's crazy. Yeah. What a cool uh, experience that you're giving people. Like, th- what? A, yeah. that's, like, so fucking rad. Um, yeah, but, like, Zoom hangs get just boring or whatever. And so everybody's always looking for a new thing to, like, spice up their Zoom hangout. So I'm fucking pumped on that. Um, okay. Have you ever been given a piece of advice that has stuck with you? No one will love you until you love yourself. Do you remember who told you that? Yeah, this girl, Hillary Kaplan at camp. I think we're maybe like 11 years old. Say the quote one more time. No one will love you until you love yourself. No one will love you. That's a big moment for an 11, 12-year-old. Changed my life. What was camp like? Chappy. <laughs> I've always wanted to go to camp. Did you go every summer? Yeah, I loved it. A very only child thing to do. Just went alone, didn't know anyone, had the best time of my life. Oh, is it an only child thing? No, just like, I, you know, it's... Yes, an only child thing in the way that, you know, only children are attempt to just go into new situations right. without fear. But, like, I know a few I know a few other people who, I don't know if they're only children, but who also, like, went to camp every summer and, like, fucking loved it. And oh, no, like, so many siblings go. I just was trying to show you how I would just. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 I, I get it, I get it, I get it. But I'm like, I wish I was, like, a camp person. Like, that sounds so yeah. fucking fun and, like, so informative so and fun. life-changing. So fun. So fun. <laughs> so fun. Uh, I guess I can recap your note. I've been taking notes this whole time. Um, for Serena's tips for confidence, and correct me if I'm wrong for any of these, but um, goddamn, you're a wealth of knowledge. Uh, okay, be authentically yourself. Be without fear. Be bold. Have a dialogue with yourself. Talk to yourself like you're your best friend. That's like the that's the big thing that I've taken away from this conversation is talk to yourself like you're your best friend. Um, get a mirror. Wait, tell me more about having a mirror. Like, do you do exercises? Well, just because you can't really, no, you just can't like talk to yourself. Like you have to look at someone that is your best friend, right? Right. So like us human beings, we can't like look at ourselves physically. So having that mirror and really being able to talk to someone like it is your best friend makes it easier. See, I've never done that. I've never well, looked will. in the mirror and talked to myself. Like I'll talk to myself, but not with a mirror. Oh my God, you must. But now I'm like so interested and intrigued by this and kind of scared. Changes the whole game. 
See, that's what everyone says. And I'm like, you're li- bitch, we all know that you've done way scarier shit than talk to yourself in the mirror. Oh, yeah, 1,000%. Like, <laughs> like, literally, when people, my clients tell me that, I'm like, there's just no, you, if you drive a car, you can talk to yourself in the mirror because you could die doing that and you yeah. can't die doing this. Yeah, it, that's so true. God, okay. I mean, get a mirror. That was the big one I wrote down. Love yourself, independence. Being alone doesn't equate to loneliness. Uh, what's the worst thing that could happen? therapy pivot life is too short to wait around you're a google map waiting to be rerouted ah lift people up with you that's a huge one don't speak badly about yourself feelings come and go work out be gentle on yourself take accountability you will make mistakes and it's okay just learn from him uh see life as a glass half full surround yourself with good friends who are real you're the chooser, not the chosen. No one will love you until you love yourself. Nailed it. Is there anything you want to add or change? No. That's pretty fucking... Oh, if it's not a fuck yes, it's a fuck no. Ooh! That's about everything. Like, so there's no, like, wavering? No wavering. Oh, my God. So what? do you ever feel like you're wavering? Like, are you ever, like, indecisive about things or no? Mm. I try to be really, I'm like, is it a fuck yes? Oh, no. Then it's, then it's no. It's just so easy. That is easy. But shit in my closet. I'm like, is this a fuck yes? No? Okay, we're moving on. Oh, that's a good way. That's a good way to look at, like, everything. And guys, guys, women love to overcomplicate things. But if it's not a fuck yes, it's a no. Are you, like, actively, like, do you want to, like, be, have a monogamous partner? Or is that not something that you're interested in? Yeah, of course. I just, like, it's been difficult. With COVID? With the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of people show. relate to that. Yeah. Yeah. Do all the guys, like, are they super pumped about being on it? Maybe you should watch it. I know. I know. I'm going to. I'm going to get the card game. I want to have the card it's game. It's on Wednesday. The show's on Wednesday. It's a really mini season, so you should watch it live before it. I'm going to watch it live. I'm so fucking it's excited. So, you're going to love it. You should come on the after show, too, and give oh, me your yeah. thoughts on the guys. Oh, my God. I'm so down. I would absolutely love to. Um. Well, thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate it. You're so it. welcome. This was You're great. This was fucking Good conversation. So fun. I can't wait to listen. I can't wait to listen. I know, me too. I can't wait to edit it. I'm so fucking pumped. Um And I'm yeah. proud of you for pivoting. You gotta pivot. Smart. You gotta you pivot. Have to. You have to. Thanks for listening to this episode of How the Fuck Did You Get So Confident? I love to hear from listeners about what has helped you build your confidence, whether it's a favorite book or a mantra or maybe an event you went through. Leave it in the review section for me to check out, and you can also leave in the review section any topics that you would like discussed on the show, and I look forward to hearing from you. Thanks so much. 